And I got really interested in this servant leadership because I, I think the world is in desperate need of a different leadership role model. We've seen what self-serving leaders have done uh, in a negative way in every sector of society around the world. And Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, we are back with our duo of Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz-Ortiz, our guests from show 579, where we talked about mentoring. This, however, is our habits show, and it made for an interesting walk through the seven spokes on The Ziggler Wheel of Life as we discussed the habits of both Ken and Claire jointly. Ken is a grandparent. Claire is a young mom. He comes from Zig's generation. Claire is from this technology and information age. So it was uh, really interesting, again, to just hear the differences, but some similarities in their daily habits. Few people don't know Clint Ken Blanchard. He needs a little introduction as the renowned author of the acclaimed One Minute Manager book and scores of others. Ken shared the stage with Zig Ziglar so many times and is an influencer of Zig's generation and on Zig's level. Now, Claire is an author, speaker, and innovation advisor who was an early employee at Twitter. She was named one of the 100 most creative people in business by Fast Company and called the woman who got the Pope for acclaim. Claire is the award-winning author of eight books that have been published in more than a dozen countries. The cool story here to me is that Ken asked Claire to co-author a book with him. The book's called One Minute Mentoring, How to Find and Work with a Mentor and Why You'll Benefit from Being One. Ken asked Claire because he not only personally mentors her, but she in turn mentors him in regards to the younger generation, technology and the information age and such. Uh, by the way, you can get that book, uh, for the one minute mentoring uh, book, wherever you do get your books, incredible story. And we did talk about that in the, uh, in the show 579. Well, hey, if you are hearing this show and haven't subscribed to us in iTunes, will you go hit the subscribe button? It does so much for helping increase our rankings so new people find us. And I thank you for doing that in advance. Before we talk about these daily habits of Ken and Claire, I have a couple great resources for you. Okay, here then I bring you Ken Blanchard and Claire Diaz-Ortiz and a walk through their personal habits for success. Okay, well, Ken and Claire, talking with you guys in our first show, going over your book, One Minute Mentoring, was so powerful. And amidst that, we talked on getting counsel in all the areas of our lives that are important. So I do want to talk to you guys, take you through the Ziggler Wheel of Life, the seven spokes, and ask you what you both do. And I, to me, this is going to be fun because we have uh, we have different genders. We have different age ranges here, different times of life. And yet you guys came together in the book so magically. Uh, but I want to hear what your habits are, the daily habits, the things that you do to keep yourselves well in these uh, areas of life. So we'll start off with physical. I'll just, flip, you guys get to choose who goes first here. You can flip flop if you want, but what do you do in your physical life to keep yourselves healthy and well? Well, I already told you, I have a, a health team. Uh -huh. I got uh, one guy I meet with three times a week who works on my uh, strength in my balance on flexibility, because I found out there's six parts of health and there's a balance, there's strength, there's flexibility, and uh, there's also an endurance, I mean, uh, uh, the uh, aerobic, and then there's uh, eating and nutrition, and then there's rest. Mm. 
And uh, using our situational leadership model, I analyzed my development level in each of those and found out where I needed help, you know. And so, uh, you know, I, I can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. I, uh, you know, have no trouble sleeping at night or on planes and all. So I didn't need any help there. But uh, I did need uh, some particular coaching around building strength in my core. I never had. So I, I meet with this guy three times a week, and he also works on balance, which I had never thought of as important. He's got me now standing on one of those balls, mm-hmm. you know, and swinging a golf yeah. club and stuff like that, you know. And and uh, so uh, – and, uh, and then I um, meet once a week with a gal from Metafast. I don't necessarily eat all their food per se, but it's great to check in with somebody about what am I doing around my – nutrition and all. So those are areas where I think I, I needed more advice and help than other areas. So uh, how are you in the physical area? I bet you're in better shape there, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a runner. I don't run very, very long or very, very fast, but I do run most days. I uh, kind of a recovering marathon runner, haven't done anything of any length of time in about a dozen years, but I love running. I also am a pretty careful eater. I eat basically a whole foods diet and it's really kind of transformed my life changing the way I eat in the last five years. And I'm also a huge sort of tracker in terms of, you know, I I use an aura band these days. It's a, it's a ring tracker, but it's like a Fitbit or a jawbone. And so I love tracking my sleep and tracking my steps. So those are kind of some of the sort of key things that I do every day. Excellent. Well, so family, and we talked about family, uh, and Claire, I'll let you start off. You have some new additions to the family, which, uh, probably requires some more intentionality for not only your parenting, but probably for your marriage as well. So tell us what you employ the habits to keep your family life well. So I've got three kids, three and under, so we definitely care about date night. You know, I, I make sure at the beginning of each year to kind of set goals and I I set goals in different areas of my life. And one of those areas is always family. And so making sure that each year we have, you know, an extended family vacation and then some type of vacation with just my husband and then some type of, you know, event with the nuclear family as well. Um, I think another thing that's kind of important to me with family is two of my kids are twins and I didn't know that much about twins, but one of the things that, that you learn quickly when you start reading about them is the importance of creating one-on-one experiences for each of them, which is really something that should happen for any parent-child relationship. But I think it's it's maybe easier to forget about it when, when you only have two kids and they don't happen to be twins or at different ages, right? And so we are very conscious of that, even at a young age of trying to make sure that you get some amount of individual time each week in that sort of one-on-one quality time with each kid so that he or she can can develop their own relationship with you. So, so those are some of the things I'm thinking about. Mm. All right, Ken, how about you in the family area? Well, you know, uh, I mentioned our son and our daughter and Margie's brother all work with us. We formed a family council and they started working with us about 24 years ago. And, and our son was the one that said, uh, we should get an outside consultant uh, to work with us. Mm-hmm. And so for 24 years, we have met as a family uh, for one day, once a quarter with an outside consultant. Uh, and uh, it's really been helpful because I see a lot of people with family businesses, they end up, you know, fighting and worried about the thing. And the consultant initially said, uh, you know, do you want 
Scott and Debbie and Tom to be owners, regardless if they work there. We said, why do you say that? Because he said, a lot of times the only way people get ownership is to work and to get a, a woman who's grazing a family and she doesn't get to work there. They get, they get upset and all that. So uh, everybody's an owner. And then if they have a, a management position, they get paid and all. But we have that. And then we have a summer place in upstate New York that for uh, Margie's been going there for 70 years. And our family, they never played Little League in the summer. We're going up to the lake. And I didn't uh, go on the road in the lake in the summer and all that. So we, we were interested in, in uh, the quality of time, not necessarily the quantity of time. But we want to make sure we keep in communication. Well, and I got to say on that, that I am well aware of your advocacy for nepotism and working with family. Yeah. And we've looked at that. Uh, my, my family, we've done some working together with my dad and, uh, I've got two, I've got a brother and sister and we've all had times of working with my dad. And then with Ziegler, of course, uh, mm-hmm. all of his kids, uh, work there and still do now and they lead the charge. So really appreciate your content and advocacy of nepotism. We've learned a lot from that. Well, the mental aspect of your life, just keeping yourself mentally healthy and well, keeping that mental edge per se, what do you guys employ there in your daily habits? Go ahead, Claire. What are you doing on that? You know, the the big thing that I do that I've done for a long time is is setting reading goals. I I Mm. love reading and making sure that I'm sort of reading a a wide variety of books, you know, business and leadership books, spiritual books, some sort of just, just fun memoir, novel type books. And, you know, I used to set a goal to read 200 books a year. Uh, that worked for a while these days with the little kids, it's down to about a hundred. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for me, reading is just such a way to make sure that I am prioritizing learning and, and making sure that I don't sort of fall into a rut of only reading the books that already sort of speak to me, right? Because you you want to be able to read things from other perspectives so that you can grow in that sense as well. Great. Ken, how about you? What on the mental side? Well, you know, mine uh, is I, I read another book. <laughs> you know, I, I just love to learn from uh, people. And uh, and I uh, that's why, you know, I've only written two books by myself uh, out of the, all the ones I've done. My mother said, why don't you write a book by yourself? I said, I already know what I know. And uh, so, you know, working with Claire was just a delight. And I just, uh, just enjoy uh, that. I had a meeting the other day with the Ralph Bernerska was a place kicker for the Chargers, and he ended up having a major disease where he had a, one of those bags, you know, the, for uh, a colostomy uh, bag, the, yeah. the colostomy bag, and all while he was playing and all. Uh-huh. And he's just been working in, in hospitals and seeing that doctors and staffs don't reach out in a loving, caring relationship to patients. They're always mm-hmm. dealing with the technical issues, and and what people really need is that we get back to this thing of isolation and all. And he said, you know, I just love to do something on how can we create, you know, loving, caring hospitals, you know, and we got a wonderful example of one in San Diego, Sharp Hospital that has created a great environment that, that people love to go there. But how do we do that? We spread that kind of thing around the world. So I love to learn about things like that. That's what I do. I love the testimony of writing books with other people, uh, to learn from them, not just, you know, already know what, you know, that's, that's profound. So financial is the next one. And again, this can be the one of the financial things, the habits that you put in place today to keep you healthy. Well, 
or the things that you have done to get yourself to a level of success? Well, you know, financially, I'm smart enough. Uh, I've never written a check. Margie handles all the finances. She's so much better at that kind of thing than me. I'm just a head cheerleader, you know. And uh, so uh, she says we're doing okay, you know. And uh, she she has to protect us. She figures I I would give it all away, you know. I mean, and uh, so uh, my father always had the philosophy, yeah, when you need money, it'll show up, you know, and all that. And so Margie's father and her background was a little more – you know, tough on the, on finances to keep on top of things. So uh, I got a great financial partner. (laughs) (laughs) Claire, how about you? I think I'll I'll give a shout out to to giving, even when you feel that you you don't have money to give. I think when I sort of look back at my life, especially being kind of in the early 20s, in my early twenties, running a nonprofit in East Africa, I didn't really have a lot of extra dollars in the bank. And so making sure to prioritize giving, whether it's, you know, through tithing or to a nonprofit organization and a cause you you are passionate about, I think is is something you need to start early so that you build that habit. And, you know, when you um, have more resources, then you know to give more as well, because it's just sort of a part of you and that habit you've, you've developed. Gosh. Okay. Well, so on tithing, that's a great segue into spiritual and the spiritual side of your lives. What are some of the daily habits? Ken, I'll start with you that you engage with for the spiritual side of your life. Well, I mentioned earlier about entering your day slowly and all. And and Uh I, my mother gave me when I was 10 years old, the daily word. So I read the daily word that's put out by in Lee summit, Missouri. And Mm -hmm. now uh, Jesus calling, you know, and I, uh, I'm a big fan of Tim Keller and, he and his wife have done some really wonderful stuff with the, with the uh, proverbs and other kinds of things. And so I try to do some spiritual reading in the morning as well as, you know, working through the, the, the Bible, going back and forth from the message to, to uh, the international and, and all. Because uh, I, but So I like to take some time and in the morning. It's best for me. Uh, or in the middle of the night, if I wake up and can't go back to sleep, then I'll go and... Uh, and and do some of my spiritual reading. How about you, Claire? Uh, You know, pretty much the same. Every day I'm working through a bit of a devotional and a bit of the the Bible itself. So, you know, right now I'm doing some devotionals with She Reads. She Reads Truth is a fantastic organization for women's devotionals. Got another devotional going from a friend, Shauna Nyquist's book, Savor. It's a great devotional. And then always my utmost for his highest. I, I found a copy of this traveling in Turkey 15 years ago at one of those like book exchanges they used to have at internet cafes. And it's still the copy I use today. And then when it comes to the Bible itself, yep. The message is, is also one of my go-tos there. So a lot of similarities. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. All right. Well, career. And, you know, as we talked in the last show on the one minute mentoring book that we often tend to come towards mentoring for career. So I'm going to assume that that's uh, one of the things that you guys do for your career is seek counsel, seek mentoring from others. But tell us, and Claire, I'll start off with you. What are the things that you do, the habits that have, have and continue to keep your career healthy and strong? I think one of the, the most important things for my career, if you can hear me, can you yep, hear me? Yep. 
I think one of the, the most important things I've always done for my career is prioritizing learning. I know we've talked about this a lot today, but there are lots of times where you are so busy that it is easy not to push yourself to learn about something that is a little bit outside your, your sphere of knowledge or sphere of influence. And so I think always making sure you are learning, um, you know, whether via a mentoring relationship, via a book or via a mastermind. I, I started a mastermind this year um, with about six women in in similar sort of roles and thought leadership. And it has been just a big, big game changer for me. And it's, it's kind of a new thing I'm doing, but it has, it has definitely helped me a lot this year. So those are some of the things I'm doing for career. Let me ask real quick, just about that mastermind. That's a hot topic these days. And yeah, when you talk about mentoring, but coming together with a group, and so I'm interested on your number. We get that question a lot. I want to start a mastermind. I'm not sure, you know, should it be six people? I know of one where there's 36 people. And uh, so give a testimony to your experience with a smaller amount. So I think, you know, 36 people might work if you're doing sort of more digital communication or perhaps you're using sort of Vox or audio messaging back and forth. If you're going to really go sort of video in-depth, really learning about one person's life on a regular basis, then I would say the four to six people ideal is is pretty key. Ours is six people. I think it couldn't be that much bigger without us being without us sacrificing some of that sort of personal story. And mm-hmm. I think another key thing about masterminds, similar to, to mentoring is in the beginning, you've got to um, put a lot of time into learning about each other. And mm-hmm. then when you sort of have that base, you can, you know, push it out and maybe meet twice a month or, you know, share messages back and forth sometimes when you can't meet and that sort of thing. But making sure that you get that momentum really on is really, really important um, that's what I've heard from many people who've, who've started masterminds or been in masterminds that haven't been that functional. Right? Okay. Well, and I'll give a call out to you, you speaking to the essence, the relationship that we, that you talked about in our last show. So folks, you got to catch that one. Well, Ken, uh, how about on the career side? What are the things you have employed and may still today to keep your career trajectory healthy and well? Well, I, I've, I've said my, my big thing is, what what am I interested in learning about, or what am I interested in promoting and getting all? And and I got really interested in this servant leadership because I I think the world is in desperate need of a different leadership role model. We've seen what self serving leaders have done uh, in a negative way in every sector of society around the world. And and so when I decided that I wanted that to be part of a legacy going forward, uh, the first thing I did is I quieted myself in the car and said. God, here's what I think I ought to be spending some time. Is this what you want me to be doing? Because a lot of times, you know, we kind of put our agenda in. Maybe he might have something else in mind for you. But I've been getting enough feelings that maybe this is something that's important out there. And so then getting into this project with, you know, contacting and working with 44 different people. John Maxwell wrote the forward. And I said, John, who... Uh, who should we get to do endorsements? He said, they're all in the book, you know? And so when you open the book, the first thing you see is three and a half pages of who the contributors are Mm. and what they're known for. And uh, so that's just kind of consistent with my whole way of learning, you know, just uh, reading these articles and editing them and talking to people. And and, uh, so I, I constantly am pushing myself to, to meet people and learn from people and, and also, when I see young people that are really doing good things, like uh, Simon Sinek and and uh, you know uh, the uh, 
Benet Brown and all, I reach out to young people. I remember I, I met Patrick Lencioni who was 24 and have become kind of a mentor for him. I met Tony Robbins when he was 24 and I've spent time, you know, watching them grow over the years. And in the process, I've learned a lot from, from them. So I, I just love to learn from other people. I'm a, I'm a people person. Uh, obviously. And thank you for blessing us with that guidance. Uh, you, you mentioned Patrick, uh, Lencioni. I get the pleasure of talking with him in four days from now. So I'll, uh, I'll tell him that we talked here and you've yeah, testified. He's, he's wonderful. Okay. Well, so personal, that's the last one we end up on personal. And obviously all of these things are personal, but this is really asking, what are the things that you do just for you? It may be the thing that's just fun. It's just play. It's a hobby, something that you do that keeps you vibrant and inspired. Claire. So I have two sort of strange ones. Um, the, the first one is about a year ago, you know, I live far away from some of my closest friends. And so we started prioritizing using a voice memo system. It's called Voxer. It's an application. And it's just an amazing way to connect with people hearing, hearing sort of each other back and forth voicing without having to schedule phone calls. And hmm. it's kind of been revolutionary in terms of changing some of my deepest relationships and making us more in touch. So that's very, very personal, um, but something that's been very successful. And also in the other realm of personal, you know, I've always, I'm a Christian, I, I value prayer, but I'd always sort of thought, you know, I really want to get into meditation, but it had never worked for me. So about a year ago, someone recommended I use the Calm app. Mm-hmm. And I started using it and I'm on day 204. Wow. And so I've been meditating for 204 days, you know, 10 to 20 minutes each day. There's sort of different guided meditations that you can walk through. It makes it really easy. And it's just been a fascinating additional thing to bring into my life. It's, it's different than prayer. It's not something that would ever re- replace prayer in any way, but I do think it's really, really valuable. Okay. Well, I'll take that as God repeating himself. That was my latest prescription from my uh, health coach is so many things I'm doing well, but I tend to run a little too fast and, uh, I'm not being calm enough and mindful enough. And so, uh, they want me to meditate, which is probably the thing I would least like to do, uh, but need to. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. All right. Well, Ken, how about you on the personal side? Well, I have a dog. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think it's any accident that dog spells God backwards, you know, because mm-hmm. dogs could care less about yesterday. I mean, that's already been done. They could care less about tomorrow. They're really right into the moment. And my dog's name is Joy. And I named mm-hmm. her Joy because Fred Smith, who was a wonderful businessman and from Dallas, wrote a wonderful book called You and Your Network. And in that, he said, that real joy is when you get in the act of forgetfulness about yourself. Mm. And uh, my dog joy makes me forget about myself. I mean, yeah. I come home and she could care less. You know, she doesn't say, you said you were going to be home a half an hour <laughs> earlier, you know, I mean, she, <laughs> you know, and she's just jumping up and, and roaring around in circles, you know, and all. And, and, and she almost can hear my car coming before I even pull in our driveway. And, and so, uh, and, and uh, when people are over at the house, you know, at some point, you know, she'll get up on the back of the chair and she'll start licking my head <laughs> and people say, oh my God, you know, and, and uh, so uh, she's just a joy. And, and of course, my wife, Margie, being my best friend and all, but between Joy and Margie, but Joy is a, having a dog, I think is a wonderful, wonderful thing to get out of your own way. 
Ah, well, thank you for being here and increasing, <laughs> increasing our joy. Uh, though I'm glad you're not licking my head or anything like that. So, but thank you for the, the picture. You know, I do want to end just with asking you guys, and I didn't do this in the last show. I want to know what both of you are. What is the, what's coming up next that we can all engage with? What are you working on from a, a project, a book, a message? What are you looking forward to an initiative, uh, that, uh, that's high priority on your mind? Well, for mine is is uh, I want to really focus on this servant leadership in action book and get this movement going rather than necessarily jumping right into a new topic and and uh, so many things will connect into it, but uh, uh, that's really where I want to put my focus in, and I think it ties into mentoring. I think it ties into you know refiring. It ties into so many things I've been working on about uh, how do you uh, get out of your own way and help other people and other help other people help yourself. My mother always said, Ken, if you do some good for other people, don't expect to get anything back, but watch out. You'll be amazing what you get back. And I mm-hmm. think if, if we would have a servant's heart and, you know, Jesus said, even I have come to serve, not to be served. And so it's really clear that his mandate is that we're not here for ourselves. We're here for other people. And I think that, uh, I want to get that word out spiritually. I want to get that out for business people and everything is it's, it's all about uh, the people around us, not us. Claire, how about you? What's coming up? You know, I think from, from my side, I'm, I'm sort of on, on a journey to, to see what the next thing is. Um, I've got, got some things going, but I don't know. I don't know what it'll be for right now. I'm, I'm passionate about this book, about this message, and about learning from one of the the best mentors of all time, Ken Blanchard. And figuring out how to take care of two kids in diapers. um, That's that. Also that. that Always that. (laughs) Uh, Again, thank you guys for sharing. It's a great behind the scenes that's just inspiring. Thank you for your collaboration and just for your heart. It's a gift to our audience. If you got value from this show, please let us know. Leave a review in iTunes. Then email us at thanks at ZigglerShow.com. Tell us your iTunes username. We will thank you by sending you Zig Ziglar and Tom Ziglar's book, Born to Win, an actual hard copy. And if you're ready to implant some Ziglar success into your life, don't go it alone. Go to ZigglerShow.com slash ZLC and see where you can partner up with us and we can walk with you. Hey, in our next show, uh, 582, we talk about what has given you the best true education. We listen to a story from Zig about a guy who massively turned his life around and what did it for him. From this message, we posted a question on Facebook. You can join these weekly conversations by friending me at Facebook at Agent K Miller. And the question, however, was where do you feel you have gotten the greatest overall education for your life? Number one, mentors. This can include parents, teachers, and bosses. Or number two, formal education like schooling. Number three, other materials, books, podcasts, blogs, non-formal courses, events, etc. Or four, just anything else specific. And I asked uh, folks to please share the details, which, of course, they did. Tom Ziegler and I had an intriguing conversation as we read through the comments. And I'll tell you, it motivated me to up my own education and focus it some. Well, till then, thank you, as always, for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Mm-hmm.